Um, so this is Advent, and we are, uh, we're going to start it by going through our, our series. It's called Christmas Playlist. We're excited about that. I don't know about you, but you, uh, you guys probably have playlists set up. Um, you probably have a, a playlist for the morning, maybe, uh, kind of get you going in the morning. Maybe songs you like to listen to. Maybe you, when you have friends over uh, for dinner, you have a certain playlist, certain music that you'd like to listen to. Uh, maybe, I, I know for me, when I was uh, uh, playing soccer, or actually I still have the CD, it's called Shane's Pump Up Music. <laughs> and I popped that in when I got to get really, really excited. And I played it a couple songs for the kids, and they were like, Shane, Dad, you are a freak. Uh, so uh, our, our playlist really isn't about the songs because I can play you songs that do something for me and you can play songs that do something for you and they don't necessarily match up, right? So we can't really just say, hey, here's the playlist, here's the songs that you need to listen to for Christmas and everything will be good and go. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how the music forms us and sets the environment where Jesus shows up in the middle of that. Because the playlist is just the background music, right? You ever think about watching a movie and not having any kind of music to it at all? Mary and I finally jumped on the bandwagon about a year and a half late. We finally watched the first two episodes of season one of Stranger Things last night. And we got totally freaked out. In fact, what we did, we decided to do in the first episode is actually, if you, if you know Stranger Things, it's kind of a... I guess a scary show. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. No, no one tell me anything about it. I know you've all watched it and, and you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, but we're watching this show and it's kind of like very thematic and maybe even scary, but we decided to turn the sound off and just watch it. And it wasn't scary at all. It was actually funny. It's amazing how the music sets the tone. Isn't that true? And so in this series, as we walk through it, we're going to share songs. And the songs, you don't even have to like the songs. You don't even have to know the songs. You don't even have to sing the songs. The songs aren't the important part. It's how the mood is set. We're going to list some principles and some things that are important to set the mood so that you can make this the best Christmas ever. And part of that experience begins today with my favorite Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Now this Christmas carol is, is, is a Latin carol that was written, probably the lyrics were written back in the 7th century, uh, maybe in Germany, uh, even though it was written in Latin. And then it was finally put to music around the 12th century. It was sung, and it's kind of like one of those things where they say, Oh, and then you guys say, Come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Don't, want, don't ask me to sing, guys. Okay? All right? So the, the, the leader starts with, oh, and you say, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. You ready? Ready? So, oh. You can, you can understand how this would be difficult, right? So, so, so here's the better way to do it, right? Ready? Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. There we go. I knew I'd get you guys with that, right? That, that's kind of the sense of this, right? It's, it's, a, it's a, a leader-led song and a response from the audience. And really centers around this one word, and maybe it's a word that you've heard before. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a strange word for you. It's this word right there. It starts with the, starts with the E. It's Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Well, the good part about it is whether you know what it means or whether you don't know what it means, the Bible actually tells us exactly what it means. And it's right there, centered in the Christmas story, centered in the story that you've read, that you know, that you see, and you'll experience many times over the next month. It's in Matthew chapter 1. Let's read it. 
This is what Matthew chapter 1 says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. She was engaged to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. If you were engaged, uh, it was like you were already begun the married process. And so there was actually a legal agreement, even though you were not fully married at the time, you hadn't gone to the wedding ceremony, you were still pledged to them and you still had to go and seek a divorce based on that. Because Joseph, uh, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. Now, in the midst of this story, you have this, this, this young couple that kind of just, just kind of creeps up into the passage of Scripture. Um, before this, Matthew kind of sets the tone of, of where their lineage is, where their genealogy is, why, are, why, are these, why is this couple so important, and how they're related to the important people in the lives. And then all of a sudden, he tells this story where they're, pre- where they're engaged. How many of you have ever been engaged? Fun, exciting times, right? Well, then all of a sudden, you find out, uh-oh, she's pregnant. And Joseph knows, that wasn't me. Oh, I don't want this. This is wrong. He says he believes in the law. The law forbids this. So he says, I don't want this girl to be my wife. I, I don't want to be a part of this because there's only one reason why she's pregnant, and that's against the law. But he loved her. He cared for her deeply in his heart, and he wanted not to expose her to public disgrace. So instead of going and getting a a public divorce, he wanted to get a private, quiet divorce. He wanted to keep it low-key so that she could save face and he could save face. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of this pain, in the midst of all this struggle and wondering, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Where am I going to do this? How is this going to play out? What does our futures look like? What does her futures look like? All this situation. What is my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? He goes and he takes a nap. He sleeps. In the midst of that, an angel shows up to him in a dream. And in the dream, it says, Joseph, 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 stop freaking out. Go home and take Mary home as your wife as you had planned. Because what's inside her is from the Holy Spirit. Because this person, you were supposed to give him the name Jesus. Jesus means Joshua, which means the Lord saves, right? So you'll give him the name Jesus or or Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. And at the end of that, Matthew, that whole passage, Matthew adds this little phrase that says, this is all written, this all happened, This this whole thing happened. They got engaged, Joseph freaked out, Joseph wanted to do it quietly, Joseph had a dream, Joseph made a decision, all of this happened to fulfill what was written in the Old Testament, that the virgin will conceive 
and that and they will he will be called Emmanuel God with us so let's talk just a little bit about how God shows up in your life one of my favorite uh, passages of scripture and you know this it's out of Hebrews it says the Lord will never leave you or forsake you right how many people have ever heard that verse before or experienced that how many people have ever lived that verse you're going through a very tough time God I know you're with me you'll never leave me or forsake me you maybe you've done something wrong maybe you messed up in your life maybe you you have this horrible horrible skeleton in your closet and you're saying oh but God's still with me because he will never leave me or forsake me so this presence that we desire, we want God to be in our lives, to have his presence in our lives, God with us. Back in the very, very first part of creation, that was God's design, was that we would be with God. So he created people to commune and to worship and to, and to have a presence and relationship with God. Then sin came in the world, and sin separated us. It was like God was here, we didn't even exist. So he created us here, and we were together. And then sin moved us away. God's over there, and sin moves us away. And then after that, God had created the law and all these different temple regulations to bring us closer to him, overcoming the sin and the separation that we decided to do, our own selfishness, serving ourselves, serving ourselves, turning our back to God, all this happened. And finally, Jesus shows up and becomes this bridge, becomes this connection between God and us. And that is God with us. Now there's a way. I don't know about you, but one of the most scary things that I need to know that God's with me happens at Christmas time. There's something that happens. It's a Christmas tradition in my home, and it's, it is the most frightening thing for my kids that I've ever experienced. Not ever experienced, but definitely experienced at Christmas. And that is visiting Santa Claus. I don't know about you, but my, all my kids freak out when they see Santa. They have this whole idea of how great it's going to be, how wonderful it's going to be, but when they actually get in line at Bronner's and they woggle away through the penguins and through the Christmas trees and through everything else and they come to Santa Claus, it's like they might as well be Freddy Krueger there because they are freaking out. In fact, I'm not the only one. Let, let's see. These are some of the people that I found online when they meet Santa Claus. Look at this guy. Look at this poor guy right there. Get me off this ladder. Santa's got the spookiest smile you'll ever see right there. Okay, let's go to the next one. This is a, this is a family. M mom wants the picture. She's holding the kid down. Got to have the picture. I think mom is screaming the most out of all of them right there. Okay, let's go to the next one. How about this one? <laughs> One's running away. Look at Santa's face. Look at that one. Yeah, he's getting, uh, he's getting uh, kicked right there, I think. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> That's my favorite, one of my favorites, right? She knows what's up. She knows where to go. Forget Santa. I'm going for the toys, right? All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, <laughs> don't you love it? Don't you love it? Okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> this would probably be my daughter. No, this is my seat, Santa. You get on the floor. This is my, my chair. Okay, this is the next one. <laughs> I love that one. This is after a Black Friday shopping right here. The kids passed out, but we got to see Santa. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Santa's crying too. All right, next one. Oh, pulling, pulling the beard. Never do that, guys. Never do. All right, next one. I love that one. The, the, how to have the picture of the dad just says, I'll stand in front of him and sit on his lap, right? Um, help me, save me from this man. Keep going. This is for all you uh, fur babies, right? Even the dogs are scared of Santa, right? 
Uh, yes, gotta love it. We've got the same face. I think we have one more. There we go. Oh, man. How cute. Is everyone saying, that's so cute. She is freaked out of her mind right now, let me tell you. So there's something about this experience, right? And, and I know how you feel. Some of you are excited about Christmas. You're excited about the possibility of Christmas. But going to Christmas makes you get a little worried. You have to see people. You have to buy things. You have to do things. And maybe there's a little bit of apprehension. I remember the very first time Hannah was old enough to go to see Santa. And we had waited in line so, so long, and we'd done the whole walkthrough, and, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. We get up there, and she looks at him, and she turned back to my face, and she said, Dad, Dad, I, I'm scared. And I said, I, 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 you don't have to do this, right? This, this isn't, I don't want to freak you out. We can go. We can leave. And she's like, no, I want to do it, but will you come with me? That is the presence of Emmanuel. What you're facing in your life, what you're going through, what you have to experience in the holidays, maybe it's what you went through. You can go to God and say, can you walk with me through this? That's the power of Emmanuel. So let's talk a little bit about this. Let's talk about how to, how to live this out over the holidays. So there's three different points that you can do. They're already printed out there. I'm going to give you a key word for each one. So if you want to pay attention, that would be great. And you can write those words in in a moment. But I want to talk to you about what it means to have God with us, meaning Emmanuel means God was with us. We have, is, can we do God was with us first? God was with you. God was with you. One of the easiest ways to see God is to, to look back in your life. To look back and to see those things that seemed like disasters, to seem like everything fell, fallen apart, but to see God show up in the midst of that. Yeah, he was there. The old footprints poem, where you look back at the worst part of your lives and you find that there's only one path of footprints and you find out that God was carrying you during those worst times of your life. And looking back gives you a certain presence. But I also know that some of us look back and we say, God, where were you? I know I got through that. I know it changed me. I know it helped me. But where were you? And that's a tough question to ask, especially around the holidays, but any time in our lives. When we ask God, where were you? God, I tried really hard. And this... The bottom fell out. God, I, I, I worked the best I could and I still lost my job. God, I, I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and they still died. Those questions are those questions that, that, that come in contrast to this idea of Emmanuel because you feel like God let you down. You feel like God didn't show up when you needed him to. The word, the word uh, that's sometimes used for, script, for, for um, uh, God is, is the Greek word paraclete. And para means with you, but clete means purpose. And so God shows up in your life not just to make you feel good. God shows up in your life for a purpose and for a reason. And I know some of you are still dealing with those past pains of, God, where were you? 
I went and saw Santa Claus and it freaked me out, God. So where were you? And I got to say to that, that his purpose in your life uses those situations to bring you where you were today. And the purpose in your life may, has, actually needs to be a decision in your life. Actually, I use this phrase, am I going to use those past things to make me bitter or better? Bitter or better? Am I going to pick those pain, those, those mistakes, those things that people did to me, are they going to make me bitter or are they going to make me better? So here's what you need to do. Here's your, uh, here's your, um, your uh, fill-in for that word. The word there for God was with you is the word better. I look back and I'm going to make sure that my past makes me better. Now, what about God is with you? God is with you right now. Whatever you're going through, God is with you. It's interesting to me to, to know that, you know, the promise that we like, we like to know God is with us, right? We like to know no matter what we're going through, especially in scary situations, for God will never leave us or forsake us. But I also know that God is always with us that his presence always lives inside us and around us. But when it comes to Emmanuel, when it comes to Jesus showing up in this world, it really is more than that. It really is a sense that God is going to do something amazing. Isn't that what happened when Jesus showed up? He changed everything. God was now with us. When you say, was God never in the Old Testament? Was he never with them? He just showed up some of the times. Pops in, pops out. No, God is with them, alive with them. Now Jesus is here and he is with you. So think about this. If you're lost, God is with you. He can show you the way. If you are hurting, God is with you. He brings healing, purpose. If you are uh, confused, he can bring wisdom or truth. And God shows up in our lives because God is with us. Now let's talk a little bit about God will be with you. God will be with you. Now, uh, again, we hope that our future is, is, is really nice and beautiful and wonderful, right? We hope that, that God shows up in that powerful way. But when we think about that and where we're going, um, we desire, will he be there? I, I wonder, like, um, when, uh, when Joseph is reading this and having this idea, is he, does he think God's going to show up along the way? Or better yet, Mary. You think Mary says, okay, will, 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 will God be with me when we have to leave our hometown and move to, to Egypt as refugees? Will God be with us? Will, will, will God be with us when, when his own hometown disowns their son and kicks him out of the town? Jesus isn't allowed to be or to do any miracles in his town, his own friends and his family. Or maybe when he's hated and plots come up against him to kill him, Jesus, will God be with us? When he's arrested, 
when he's beaten, when he's crucified, will God be with us? When, you, when she's there watching him die, knowing that that is the sacrifice that needs to be paid because he is paying the sacrifice for the sins of the world, your sins and mine. Are you there, God? Where are you? It's a beautiful thing, and we celebrate, uh, we celebrate this little baby coming to earth, but the baby came to earth to die and to be resurrected again. And if we believe that our life with Jesus automatically improves and everything in our life is going to get better and good, then we're, we're fooling ourselves. Because a life that follows Jesus is a life of sacrifice. A life that follows Jesus isn't, isn't an invitation to live, even though we get life to the full. It's actually an invitation to come and die with him. And to give up our own lives and our own desires to serve him. And God will be with us as we walk that road. So what does it look like for Christmas for you to experience Emmanuel. I remember one of the most beautiful things that ever happened in my life as a child is I remember we were outside and one of the, one of the most divisive times in there was um, the playground, recess. And recess, the game at recess at Freeport Elementary School in Freeport, Pennsylvania was kickball. And kickball was the game, right? And everyone wanted to play kickball. And every time we would run out to recess, guess what would happen? You'd have two people that were always the coolest people around that would pick teams, right? I never, ever got to pick teams. That was even a dream of That was never going to happen. I was never going to be a picker, right? All I wanted to do was to not be pick last. <laughs> and so kickball teams, I'll take Johnny, I'll take Frank, I'll take Jim Bob. Jim Bob was the ringer, man. He was always going to go first. And they would go all the way through. And then at the very, very end, they would say, okay, I guess we'll take Shane. I guess we'll take Shane. Well, one of the particular times that I remember, um, actually it was one of those providence times because in the middle of this, one of my friends actually got to be the picker. I think the picker maybe flunked out of school or something or moved away or something glorious like that, right? And, and my friend was next on the list to be a picker. And then all of a sudden, the very first pick out of his mouth, and I can't, I can still remember the day it happened. Shane, come on over. We got whooped that day because we did not have Jim Bob. But you know how much that meant to me. Come here. Come here. I got you. I'm with you. I'm here for you. We're a team. The invitation is this. And Jesus is saying, I've done all I can. I've come on this earth and I've died. And the purpose was this. To invite you in with me. Come. God is with you. God was with you, God is with you, and God will be with you. So come, so come. 
if you want to fill those blanks, I, I, I told you I was going to give you a word, and I didn't do it. Um, the, the word for, for God was with you was, was better. The, the word for God uh, is with you is presence. His presence with you. And the God was or will be with you is purpose. Purpose. So as we move on, the, the band's going to come up and we're going we're gonna to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it's going to be this amazing song and you're all going to love it. No, probably not. Okay? Um, it's not one of those songs that really gets you going and excited. But what I want you to do is I want you to think about this idea of, of, of Jesus up here going like this. Come on. Come on. And maybe some of you, that step is the very first step today. You've ever, maybe you, a long time ago you made a commitment to Jesus and it's been a long time since you ever saw him doing this and you responded. And maybe today is that day you just want to come back to him. You don't know what that looks like. Maybe you need to pray for the first time in a long, long time. Maybe you want to come up and use an altar because this means something to you. Whatever it is, just come on and respond to that invitation. Maybe, maybe it's a, a plan that you're going to do something for Christmas this season. Next week, we're going to start our, our brand new. We're going to have uh, opportunities for you to give back to, to the community around us. We're going to have opportunities to, to support families um, that, are, that are hurting for Christmas, that don't have money to buy gifts, and we're going to buy them for them. We're going to collect socks starting next week for, uh, for Whaley's Children Homes and the Homeless of Flint. And we're going to also buy trees buy trees, uh, Christmas trees. Actually, they're not real Christmas trees, but they're Christmas trees for us. We're going to buy the tree and then, and then they're going to go with an organization that's going to plant trees in Haiti starting next week. And maybe you need to say, that, that's something I need to get a part of. I need to get more information about that. I, I, I need to, to live that out. That's the invitation that Jesus is going like this and I need to respond to. Maybe some of you just went through a holiday and you're tired and you're thinking man I gotta go through another one of these and maybe you just need to feel God's presence today that energy that excitement that welcoming that sense of hey I'm here come on come on so why don't you stand let's sing this song together let's picture Jesus welcoming us in today